Welcome to Coach, the professional coaching podcast. Conversations to explore what coaching is really all about, what it takes to be a great coach, and why coach training really does make the difference. Discover how coaching can help you in all areas of your life and business in a fast-paced and demanding world. So join us here to share conversations and insights with some of the best coaches from around the globe. Real coaches, real talk. So let's get started with me, your host, Teresa Brooks. Hello and welcome to another show with uh, Coach, the professional coaching podcast. And I'm your host, Teresa Brooks, and I'm a business and sales confidence coach and founder of Coach Magazine. And as you know, it's all fully online at the moment. So you can go and you can go and read the articles, meet the coaches, find the podcasts at any given time. And so today for the podcast, I have with me uh, someone who uh, refers to themselves as the relationship guy. And his name is John Kenny, lovely guy that I have known for quite a long time now. And he featured in the September 2019 edition. Doesn't that sound a long time ago? (laughs) (laughs) so I think I said that yesterday to someone as well who was also in the same issue as you is that seems an age away doesn't it it does yeah hello Teresa thanks for having me on Uh, it does seem forever ago yeah it's good to see you again yeah and you and you know you've had some changes in your work since we last spoke John and you know the feature that you had originally we were talking about recognizing toxic and unhealthy relationships um, and, you know, this is what you deal with everything, you know, as a coach and a counsellor in relationships. Um, and you've moved on slightly since that point, haven't you? And sort of refined more of your niche into single successful people finding successful relationships, but also not just that, the problems that they have with doing so. So today we're going to learn all about what that actually means mm-hmm. um, and some of the problems that might arise and just talk through relationships really because life is relationships so um let's start off with talking about successful people Mm. and why successful people like why have you picked this niche i'm curious um successful people are um driven usually they have a a mindset that gets them to the certain level of success that they've reached um but if they're successful in certain areas of their life they Sometimes they have a tendency to neglect the relationship side of things uh, because their focus can be entirely on the goal that they've set in order to reach that level of success in their career or whatever it is that they're they're looking for. And they may never have actually considered putting the time aside to have these successful relationships and they have difficulty finding the right type of people because their focus isn't in that area. The reason that I kind of shifted across is because after the first lockdown, I had quite a lot of people come to me and wanting to understand why they were single. Right. Um, So they spent those first few months of the first lockdown by themselves and they really started to say, okay, why am I on my own? What is it about me? What is it about the choices I've made in the past that means that I haven't got this person with me right now? Um, And I think kind of having the lockdown for a lot of people gave them that time to reflect on that. Um, most of the kind of people I spoke to were because they'd been focusing a lot in one area so the relationships they weren't placing enough importance on so therefore they weren't attracting the right type of people in because they weren't in the right space to allow someone to be part of their lives in some cases it was a kind of a mass avoidance 
So they put all of their energy into one area of their life because they didn't know how to have an intimate relationship with someone they could be close to. So that, um, you know, they'd had difficult relationships in the past or they were carrying relational patterns from their childhood, which meant that they weren't allowing these types of relationships in uh, because they didn't know how to. Uh, and some were that they'd experienced a lot of sort of toxic and unhealthy spaces in the past or relationships that just didn't really work out. Uh, again, because of the, the dynamics, the relational beliefs that people carry, and they were just not allowing themselves to attract the right type of person in, or they were attracted to the wrong type of person for them. And they would say, so they were kind of allowing those types of relationships. And then they've just decided, oh, I don't actually want to be with anybody because of all I experience is this, is this turmoil and chaos. So there's a variety of reasons why these people have been single. Um, and that's where I come in to try and help them to understand what their relational patterns are and how they can then invite someone into their life that they really want to share their life with. Interesting. And I think what's interesting there is that when we think of the word successful mm. people, we think of success in all the areas, you know, people that have like got it all together and they've got like the great relationship and the great business and the great kids and the great marriage, everything is there, but actually that's not the case. Um, and it's interesting that the sort of the focus on successful people in say, for instance, you're talking about their careers, their businesses, do you think that they have prioritised that before the collapse of relationships and things like that? Or do you think that it's the toxicity and the things of the past that have made that happen? Does that make sense? Yeah, so I think it's, it's, it's both. Mm. There, is, there are people that have just been single-mindedly from a very early age. Uh, maybe they were driven as kids or maybe uh, whatever the kind of circumstances of their upbringing said, you need to be a success in your life. And that could be where they got their <clears throat> sense of purpose, sense of self. Um, so maybe they did really well at school. They were driven to do well at school. And then and when they got that positive praise, um, they've then decided to take that sort of thing forward and just focus on other areas that aren't their relationships in order to keep gratifying themselves and, and reach those goals that they want to set. Again, that's not an, an, a bad thing. <clears throat> Uh, but it's something that's not really going to sustain you for, for, for the whole of your life. Um, so, yeah, they've either kind of just focused on that intently from the beginning. They could have then thought, you know, sod relationships, they're no good for me. Bad enough, yeah. I can't find the right one. I need to put my energy somewhere else. And so they've then diverted their focus away from relationships. Again, not necessarily a bad thing, but, <clears throat> again, we can only sustain that kind of lack of connection for such a, a long time because we know that connection within human beings is in kind of a the word I'm looking for uh, but it, it's it's an inbuilt, it's essential isn't it you know yeah, it's, it's an inbuilt it's, need that we have from being the human species yeah and we're not solitary creatures by design I think is what you're saying and it's interesting that you mentioned the pandemic and people having been in lockdown mm. in solitude and of course, some people might say, well, I wish I had been in solitude. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been better because I'm sure it's caused, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it's caused a lot of uh, fractures, of, you know, which is not good, you know, in these situations. But, you know, that that time when you can actually reflect and think, well, 
okay, I don't think I actually like this. And maybe I would like somebody in my life. Mm-hmm. How do, you know, successful people in, in the way that you refer to them, John, what problems do they have with developing these relationships? Again, they're depending really what the underlying issues might be and what their kind of ideas around relationships are. But again, if you're a, a completely focused on, say, say it's your business and you're completely focused on getting your business, you don't afford the time to cultivate anything that could be deep and meaningful on outside of that because uh, it takes up a lot of your headspace. Um, and if that is your primary focus, you're not going to allow yourself to be diverted from that goal or that purpose. Um, so it is, again, just thinking about, okay, do, now that I've got to this level in my life, is this enough? And as relationships are a, a cornerstone of quality in your life, if you don't have those quality relationships, then you're never going to be completely fulfilled anyway. So no matter how well you do at certain areas of your life, if you don't have quality relationships, then you're never going to have the quality of life that you want because it's a fundamental part of being fulfilled in life. And being successful, if you like. Yeah, yeah. And again, it would be nice if you could then share um, and have someone to come in that's going to compliment. And I think there's another issue there. It's if I'm not doing this and I try to entertain a relationship what's that going to take from what I've already achieved? Or is this person going to then distract me? Is this person going to take from me? Is this going to affect me in a negative way? And so when I work with people, it's helping them to understand that they can bring someone in that will complement their life that they've already got. They can complement what they want to do and they can continue to do that because if you've got your radar in the right space, the person that you'll attract into your life will be a person that will fit nicely into what you're already doing, maybe with a few slight shifts uh, in order to sort of accommodate the time and whatever the space and stuff as well but they'll they'll be the right type of person for you to bring in to your life yeah because obviously and and rightly so you say relationships need time and input and of course people that are building businesses entrepreneurs um they are spending all their time focusing on that and it's interesting the the way that you say we think these might deplete the resources you know, so if I'm spending time on the relationship, I can't spend time on the business. And if it takes away, so it's almost like it's the mindset, isn't it, of thinking that rather than a relationship is going to need all this extra work and all this input and it's going to distract me, rather shifting that to think, well, what can I add and bring forward? And I think that's probably why successful people do you think they need to be with other successful people or do you think that's perhaps not quite the right compliment? It's not necessarily the right compliment, depending on, again, what the um, what the dynamics of the two people are. So if I, for instance, so I do I do disc personality profiles, generally mm. if you've got a, a dominant person with a dominant person, it's going to cause more problems than, than, than it's going to solve. And if you've got someone that's maybe too... Uh, steady or compliant or whatever it might be you're not going to find the right type of balance because you you know neither of you are going to be able to kind of push the relationship forward um there was something that you said that i was going to come back to about the um the kind of complementing their life so what they're going to lose so you know quite a few people i've spoken to have actually been in that situation so they have those unhealthy relationships they get with needy people or people that need a lot of their time a lot of their affection maybe that people that you know whatever they do is never quite good enough 
So therefore it does distract from the business because the relationship becomes the focal point. The person that they're with takes up far too much of your headspace. So that when you when you want to focus on your business, you can't because you've got this sort of nagging voice in your head that is this person going to be happy with me because I'm not paying them any attention. So and then you kind of start trading with everything you're doing and compromising, and then of course ultimately become unhappy with that. Yeah. Um, and so sort of the word that comes up really there for me is you know is the balance, isn't it? Mm. We're sort of looking for that balance, and everybody would love to think that they had this perfectly balanced life and everything in its section but of course the reality is that everything is give and take isn't it and of course I imagine if successful people at the top of their game want to bring somebody in that it's really key as to sort of how how that happens mm-hmm. so how can they start you mentioned sort of you know your sense of self and knowing who you are mm-hmm. and and I imagine you know what you've got to offer as well because it's not just about oh, I'm really successful I've got loads of money I can offer this that that's not really I mean that's an element certainly important element of relationship but mm-hmm. talk talk a little bit more about this sense of self um, and, and then I'd like to talk to you about those relational patterns. But let's sort of, it's about understanding who you are, I guess. Yes, yeah, definitely. So I'm working with a, a guy at the moment, um, and he's quite successful in the field that he works in. And he, he can't stand himself, basically. Oh, unfortunate. Um, when, when he came into the first sessions, we, he, was, he wanted to talk about something. And now, actually, what we've uncovered is the real reason that he struggles is because he grew up in this family where nothing he ever did was good enough. They weren't able to show him the love and affection. Everything that they wanted from him was conditional. So they'd love him if he acted a certain way. And um, if that happens when we grow up, we have a real difficulty. And again, a necessity not to see our parents in a negative light. So because we need our parents, we look at our parents when we're growing up as a survival, we need you know, they are the best thing. If if I am growing up with somebody or I look out and think actually there's something wrong with them, it makes us feel massively insecure and unsafe as a child. And we can't look at our parents and say, there's something wrong with this person because that will that fundamentally flaw our upbringing. So then what we have a tendency to do is say, well, if it's not them, it must be me. And then we grow up with all these real deep beliefs about ourselves and this guy came with the all of these beliefs that he was never good enough that everything was his fault that his parents were like this because of him he'd massively successful i would say in any in his field um because that's where he defied his parents he said i'm going to go and do this and they said well if you do that we're not going to talk to you he went off and did it he didn't talk super unhealthy i mean obviously you're talking about you know how, how we get impacted by our parents if we just take that just for a moment that is yeah. a really controlling very bargaining behavior and super toxic and yet yeah. as a child or even a young adult or even as an adult you would never normally think before you delved into these things oh you know that was really toxic mm-hmm. you know like you say the tendency is to make the excuses because we have this need to always love our parents and not not necessarily revere them but hold them in esteem and if we question that it starts to break down a lot of things that are difficult so that i think Mm. that's that's really interesting Mm. at a very early age your parents are generally responsible for your survival and you can't see someone who's responsible for your survival in a negative way at all because your brain just won't allow that to to happen because you won't be able to cope because you'll feel so unsafe and insecure and this is why a lot of people struggle with those types of things because some relationships their parents are so bad 
that you can't help but see there's a flawed issue with your parent. Yeah. And then if that happens at a very young age, then generally that throws you into so much doubt and insecurity that it can lead to quite a lot of difficult um, and quite severe emotional issues as you get older. Um, but yeah, the, the, this guy was said, if you, if he wanted to go down this route, they said, well, if you go down that route, we're not going to be very happy with you and we're not going to talk to you. And for three years, he didn't talk to his parents because they said, we don't believe that this is the right thing. And it was only when he reached a certain level of success that even though they didn't still didn't apologize and say they were wrong, but they he conceded, they conceded that he'd actually made the right decision and they started to have dialogue. But again, that all fell apart again, not unsurprisingly it was never it was never going to be a healthy space regardless and again that's what he's learned he's learned that actually i am fulfilled because i made my own choice in my career but i've never been fulfilled in my relationships so it's best to avoid them and that's what he's done his entire life and he's kind of getting on to 40 years of age so he's starting to undo or understand i suppose first of all before recreating new more healthy patterns because you know anyone listening could hear that that it's horrendous because if he hadn't been very successful, would they have continued not to speak for 10, 15, 20 years? And this is where you you hear these great big gulfs, gulfs rather, between people. Oh, I haven't spoken to my parents for 10 years or they disagreed. And then this massive split. Now, of course, that is really toxic. And surely some of that is then carried into potentially a relationship. So you might even possibly play that out where you start that kind of behavior as well with with your partner without even realizing yeah i mean if we're treated unconditionally then we'll either we're either going to keep choosing relationships which are conditional or we're going to place our own conditions on relationships as well mm. and then, you know we see that um see this just reminded me of what i did actually when i was uh 20 I moved out of home moved into my first really abusive and toxic unhealthy first space. First one first sound one. of that. <laughs> um, and um, when we split up I started dating somebody and uh, one of the worst things about the toxic was the control and I was having dinner with this person and they tried to tell me what to do and they said oh don't do that and I went okay we've just split up. <laughs> And they went, what? I said, you need to leave my house because I don't want you here. And they was like, what's going on? And I said, you just tried to tell me what to do. Nobody tries to tell me what to do. Well, um, it's amazing that you actually w- was able to step into that moment and deal mm. with that because a lot of people wouldn't. And then mm. they would just like not do the thing and think, well, that was weird. And then take all those feelings. And, you know, just to share something in context as well. When I was younger, I was going out with a guy who out of the blue one day said to me, I don't like the way you eat. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? Uh, I eat quite normally, I think. No one else has ever commented it on it in my whole life. And it was a sign. It was one of the first signs of control. And it made me feel so small. Um, and I remember thinking, well, how do I eat? And I asked my friends, do, do I eat funny? Like, what, what? you know, tell me. And I started getting really paranoid about it. Um, And then there were several other things that came in like that with him really trying to get control of me. And as he talked about moving in, he said, I think I'll just get some black bin bags and we'll just get rid of all your stuff. And like, and I was like, red flags everywhere. And, you know, it was just, but these little signs. That's the first thing that the people like that would do. It was mm. like, on something fairly small, see how you reacted. Do you accept that or do you tell them to get lost? 
you know, so we'll hurt you. If you don't like the way I eat, then, you know, see you later, mate. If that's really kind of, if you're going to kind yeah. of gauge me by the, by my eating patterns, then, you know, and generally people with like that will just start with those small things and then they escalate and escalate and escalate mm. until they know that they can keep taking from you and picking mm. you to pieces to give them that control. Uh, and, and it's amazing because it, I think it's really important to stress here that that can happen to anyone in yeah. any kind of relationship, whether you're confident or strong or not, it doesn't matter. Because I remember obviously getting rid of him, but uh, at, at sort of quite emotional cost to me, really, at the end of that one, it wasn't great. And I was very surprised about how that had gone. And my best friend said to me, you know, you really changed when you were, you weren't yourself, you were a little bit more withdrawn. Anyone that knows me would be like, whoa, how could that happen to you? But it does. And so I think it's important as well to say that toxicity in relationships and the way people are can come in to any personality type, even successful people or confident people. It's not just certain types or maybe if they're not very emotionally intelligent or any of the things that you might wrongly assume because I've experienced a touch of that myself and it's not pleasant. But it will generally come down to where you are within that relationship with yourself. If you allow yourself yeah. to be questioned in that way, then we would we would just need to check in with that. Okay, what is it about how you see yourself, how you see, you know, how do you defer to different people that allows that kind of comment to go in that you actually then go, oh, is it about me? Rather than just saying, hold on a minute, if you're going to pick on something that small, yeah, indeed, you're you're going to really struggle with certain other things that I do. <laughs> and I think the thing of it at that time, and I remember, was the shock. It was mm. really sort of out of nowhere. And you know, just just for the record, uh, listeners, I don't sit there and eat like some you know pig, <laughs> or you know, un- <laughs> I don't have any bad eating habits. It was just a, it was something to kind of get in on to try and start yeah. getting the control. Um, and I just remember being so shocked and, and in the middle of a very normal conversation, it was like, you know, I think if we're going to be together, we need to be honest and say the things that we like and don't like about each other. It was, and that bit was very contrived. And I was like, this is weird. And then it was just said. And I, I was so shocked that I couldn't really process it instantly. You know, I did accept it at that point yeah. because I was confused by it. Yeah, and I questioned it later. So we, we digress slightly, but it's very interesting because it's all about the patterns and, you know, yeah. alluding to, you know, who am I yeah. and what am I bringing into a relationship? So what's your advice, John, for, you know, single, successful people that struggle to, in your terms and the way you describe it, to have intimate relationships? What What's the advice? What's the first step um let's say that you know you've done some work you kind of know who you are yeah what then i think it's to understand what your relational patterns and your relational beliefs i think they're fundamental to this type of thing because um it will help you to understand why you're struggling to find the deeper more meaningful connected types of relationships so what do you actually think about relationships are you the type of person that thinks they are unhealthy that love doesn't last that they just take you away from your mission or your purpose um, do you have an avoidant or anxious type of attachment style that um, means that if you get too close to someone it's it's too uncomfortable and you start to back away or you're choosing relationships that create that anxiety in the first place because that's the way that you are within a relationship yourself so that kind of real in introspection of saying okay what could it be about me 
rather than maybe a, what is it about everybody else that causes my problems is what is it about me that might be attracting this type of relationship into my life and what is it about me that is keeping me in this space because until you're aware of what might be keeping you in that space um, you're probably not going to allow anybody else to step in because you're going to keep repeating the same kind of uh, relationship patterns over and over again and behavioral patterns over and over again within yourself because you're not addressing the core issue that's going on for you so it's responsibility isn't it yeah taking responsibility um and i think you know we're coaches both of us and coaches are listening to this so we have a very particular set of very useful skills um that we can to a point apply to ourselves and start to learn a lot of things about who we are and our relationships but of course not everybody has that and you know i think it's really fascinating the work that you would do with somebody to help them to take responsibility for well what how have I ended up in these situations? What have I invited? And, and what was that a cause of? And so you're kind of like unraveling all of that. So you can almost start again, because many people, and I'm sure you hear it all the time, will say, oh, I always seem to end up in this kind of relationship, or I always attract this sort of person, or they're always the bad guy, or she always leaves me, uh, I always get cheated on. Like all of those things are all these patterns, but we make them mean something else and then we carry that story of pity and woe with us yeah, you know spoke, about it i spoke to a lady the other day and she said well you know you get to mine she said and all the good ones are gone oh yeah that's a classic said, <laughs> okay so then you'll never find anyone will you and she was like what i said well you're never going to find one are you she said what do you mean i said well if you think all the good ones are gone where are you looking i said you're just actually probably then just looking for bad ones <laughs> yeah interesting because reflection if you don't believe there's any good ones left then what choices are you making subconsciously based on that belief yeah exactly and so she's gonna end up either with a bad one or with no one, no one yeah so because yeah again it's the beliefs it's yeah. the beliefs and and, and again we, you know the good one yeah, many, many coaches and, and counsellors, uh, experts will understand about, about the belief systems, but even mm. when they're our own, they need some perspective and somebody else to help for us to see them, don't they? Most definitely, most definitely. And if, and if you are a coach without a coach, get a coach. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and do you think that, you know, successful people struggle to take on board this information or to, to look at it in any way they might think, you know, if they have very high standards or for instance, if they're high achievers that they might see this as a sign of weakness or failure, or they don't really want to go there. Yeah, that's a very good point. Actually they do is, um, you know, successful people can't be seen to fail on the whole. Um, and they can't seem to have any weaknesses on mm. the whole. Uh, they may see that if they then start to look at themselves, they're admitting that they've got a problem which then might diminish their own idea of what being a success is or what their goal path might be. Uh, but again, are going to be completely blinkered to the issues that they might carry. And we all have something that we carry. And that doesn't mean it's, anyway, it's a great strength. In fact, and I'm, I'm sure most people would agree that if you go to sort of really start to look at yourself, it's the strongest and most powerful thing you're ever going to be able to do because looking at yourself is generally the hardest thing to do. And if you're prepared to do that and do that well and do that consistently, then it shows that, you know, you, you're, there's, you've got a lot about you to be able to do that. 
And I think as well, you're sort of like perhaps talking a bit about that, you know, the ego as well mm -hmm. that, that stops us from doing that. And then of course, having to do that inner work and let and really see ourselves, which is really uncomfortable at times, mm -hmm. but it's just a point of sort of realizing, well, there's nothing wrong with that. And like you say, it takes courage. And also, I suppose, you know, these people are looking for successful relationships. You've got to have a successful relationship with yourself first, right? And you can't just kind of style that one out. It, it, that really is a, because only you know the truth about you, right? Mm -hmm. So we can cover up or make up whatever we want or tell ourselves stories about who we are. But if you want to bring somebody into your life that's going to be a partner, you're talking about truth and honesty, and that's got to come from yourself first right yeah definitely the relationship you have with yourself is the most important relationship you're ever going to have because it will dictate every other relationship that you you have because it will the energy that you carry within yourself will only will, will depend on what goes on outside of you uh, what you attract in what you're attracted to uh, not just with the relationships but every angle I mean, so if you've got a healthy relationship with yourself as far as your business is concerned you're likely to have a successful business and that's great but if you've got an unhealthy relationship with yourself around how much you love yourself, how much you care about yourself in, in, a, in a deeper, maybe more intimate way, um, then that's going to have a massive effect on all your relationships. And a lot of people find that what you've just said there quite triggering, I think, when it comes to people loving themselves. Yeah. Um, and, you know, successful or not, people will sort of shy away from that a little bit and go, oh, yeah, it's not about loving myself. They take that in a different yeah. context. Yeah. And of course, you know, if anyone said, yeah, you know, I'm, I, I love myself on the outside of that, we might be like, oh, I love yourself much, you know, yeah. but it's not that kind of thing, is it? It's no. really just, I think, you know, the word that comes for me is, is compassion. Yeah, being compassionate towards yourself rather is the first step if you can't quite manage the love yeah. the self-love then at least be kind to yourself to kick it off <laughs> I started off with liking myself when I when yeah. I when I first started to kind of change the relationship I had with me my brain would not accept love at all mm. and it so I started off actually my first affirmation of types was you know what John you're all right yeah, you're all right. Yeah. And that's where I started. And then it became, you know what, John, you, you're a good bloke, you know, and then it gradually to come up to that love. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I, I've had clients Therefore, where. It takes a lot of self -care. Yeah, I've had clients where talked about this kind of thing because obviously relationships are part of business growth. And so I, I work with women and I remember working through this with one client, and that's an ongoing piece of work about loving herself and and she would absolutely cringe at it you know really visibly cringe and I said let's change that word because this is not working um, and so we did exactly the same thing and just sort of those incremental moves which is what any growth is right you know yeah. incremental moves in the right direction um, and when we changed that she was much more happy but even now struggles with it but what you know she changed it to was appreciation you know, and compassion for herself. And so appreciating who I am and kind of getting comfortable with that. It's really important. Definitely. You used to start where your brain will accept you. It won't dismiss mm. it too too readily out of hand. So again, if I go from really disliking myself to saying, you know, I love myself, my brain will go, no, you don't. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And it will dismiss it immediately. So yeah. again, something that your brain won't necessarily dismiss out of hand 
and then that you believe that you you kind of buy into i would yeah. say at the start you might yeah. not really quite believe it but well, i'll take that i'll take you it know, you buy into the idea and then you can you know once you get used to that idea you can then start to layer that up and like you said it's yeah. in small steps i like to say that small steps equal massive equals massive action mm. it doesn't matter what you're doing so long as you're doing it yeah and, and keep doing it as well because i think this kind of work it's it's never ending is it and of course when you get into that um new and successful relationship you've got a whole other host of things to deal with and what i think is really important is i guess with even we just say successful people but people with the same mindset that are on the same level that they they come in a match there as well so that you can actually sort of let each other be because I think a lot of successful people have done things by themselves very independent uh, like you say could could be quite single-minded um, and if they're single at that point then all those boxes probably do get ticked um, so yeah it's very interesting to think well you know you need to bring that same mindset in that can also help the other person to grow like what are you bringing to each other yeah. rather than thinking this is going to take a hell of a load of my time to build this new relationship um of course nothing happens overnight so no, and i think it's important to then you think about your, what you want you know if, if you fundamentally want to be with somebody you need to keep reminding yourself of that because mm. you know it may take some time away but actually what i want is to be closer to this person so that time isn't taking anything away from me it's actually adding to my life because that's what i want i want to feel close to this person so if I keep saying to myself, well, that's taking me away from this space, again, there is a block there, there's a resistance to be able to allow yourself to be close to this person because you're only seeing it as a negative. Yeah, this so again, it's a case I of being... Want to be close to this person, so therefore this time is not a sacrifice, this time I'm not giving up. It's this an investment, is... rather. Investment, well, this is well spent, yeah. Mm, exactly, so it's, it's all energy, isn't it? Whether it's sort of making money or making a relationship, it's how much am I willing to invest in this to, to get something out of it as well. And so, of course, you know, it's about, I think it's about commitment as well, because successful people are often busy people mm -hmm. um, and folk very focused. And so they're committed to what they're doing. So, you know, possibly there's sort of like that sort of all in or all out thing, nature, which means that they're single in the first place. What you said about that, it's using the right words because to commitment, if I say to commitment to some person, they'd run off in the opposite direction. Mm. Um, so we we need to make sure that we use a congruent and comfortable word with somebody that you know yeah. because some people would shy away from commitment when it came to a relationship um so we would we really need to be you know with your nlp you would know that you know you need to be really because uh, they might mean commitment but they might yeah. just not say commitment but then if that word's going to trigger someone looking for a relationship that would be a red flag to me personally mm. um but in the in the context of that i would say you know to be committed to this process to the process mm. you know and and really why we're we scared of commitment it, do you know what i mean a relationship is a committed space and that's probably the timeline there when people think oh you're talking about commitment but i've only known you for five minutes yeah. but it's like if someone's committed to finding the right relationship and the other person is committed to finding the right relationship that's a yes. good place to use that word isn't it really rather than i want full commitment after a week because <laughs> <laughs> i haven't got time because i'm too busy being successful uh, and i would definitely raise a massive red flag at that one and, <laughs> and tell them it's yeah. not the right person for them exactly yeah again you know showing up very quickly some sort of 
you know, toxic things or things to be aware of when people are very needy and want a lot in a very short space of time. Equally, when they're stretching it out forever and not making that commitment or decision and you see people flailing around waiting for the commitment, waiting for the ring, waiting for her to say she loved, whatever it might be, and those those patterns. So it's all it's all super interesting. And I'm sure we could talk about this for ages. And I, I hope that the listeners have sort of resonated with some of these points, especially about the patterns of the past, really, which, you know, I know that you've looked into um, a lot with your documentary as well, haven't you? Which is um, just before we wind up, forget me not for the child you left behind. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's looking at a lot of the um, self-acceptance stuff as kids. So again, as I said earlier on, if you, you can't look at your parents and this is not always your parents, it could come from other areas of your life, but you can't, look at, definitely can't look at your parents as somebody that's that's has faults um, or that's not meeting your needs or that might have their own issues. So therefore what we do is we adapt to fit in as kids. Parts of our personality, therefore, we don't accept because if they're not accepted within the environment we grow up in, we have a tendency to, to push them to one side ourselves. And then we grow up disliking parts of ourselves or not accepting parts of ourselves and not allowing certain parts of ourselves to be come out and be seen uh, and the documentary is about understanding what parts of your personality that you may have left behind because you thought as a kid it didn't fit and mm. therefore bringing those parts of you back to make you back into that whole human being that you were born as and it's interesting isn't it point to finish on is that we need to be whole before we can be in a partnership it's not often we allude to these like two halves you know my better half my other half whatever half you get referred to as but actually you know you're not you're two whole people and that's the most healthy way to come together and I suppose later in life that's when you learn as well you know because all the stages when you're sort of younger and going through your 20s sometimes 30s don't know all of these things and so you know as you've built a business 40s and 50s and and beyond that really you're not sort of washed up at that age are you there's people that still forging great relationships into their 60s and 70s which is beautiful so um I think yeah this is interesting where can where can we find this documentary job this is on YouTube isn't it I think that's where it's actually on you can get it on Amazon okay all right three or four quid on Amazon um, on the video on demand. But it's, at the moment, it's throughout the lockdown. So I've been having it on my website for a pound just to uh, sort of just get it. You know, if, if you've got nothing to do with for 70 minutes, it's, it's definitely, <laughs> definitely worth it. You could listen to this podcast as well. <laughs> <laughs> or a quid. What, what yeah. You can't go wrong. <laughs> so Brilliant. Actually- actually on my website as well and people can just get it on there too yeah it's great and I I think you know everyone should just go and spend a pound and watch uh that video because it's just really insightful um and where else can you be found John oh here there and everywhere (laughs) it's not hard to find anyone these days is it (laughs) no we've all we've all got our own social media so I'm on LinkedIn uh Facebook Instagram um, I've, I've borrowed someone's iPhone so I can get on Clubhouse as well. Oh, Clubhouse. Yeah, maybe we should go over and have a chat on Clubhouse about um, relationships. My, my account first. Yeah, definitely. That'd be a really good idea. Mm. And um, I'll just go to the website, johnkennycoaching.com. Yeah, fantastic. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, fascinating work. And, you know, obviously you've got a huge amount of skills in those areas. Um, so thank you for sharing them with us all today and for joining us on Coach the Podcast. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. 
you can read Coach Magazine for free online every quarter. Just subscribe at coach-magazine.com and receive it direct to your inbox. You can order print copies, book a directory listing, find us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram.